Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 68. I'm going to call this one Expedited Content. I am Bond Diesel. The EchoCast is a Division 2 stream talking about the game, the community, and sometimes just random things I feel like chatting about. Today we will have a State of the Game recap. My thoughts on the Expedition. Future DLC talk and maybe some concerns listener questions, some personal and content updates, and some more stuff mixed in there. If you'd like, if you'd like to support this podcast, please uh, check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. Uh, I do want to give a special thanks to uh, the newest patron, Ozzy. That's all I'm going to say, because I don't know how much you want your whole thing put out there. Um, and if you are a current or a new patron, please let me know if you'd like to receive um, some free stickers in the mail and uh, your Twitch name so I can make you a VIP on this very stream I'm doing right now if you're watching live and uh, you can check it out so there we go state of the game recap okay this week we had Hamish Chris Gansler the community dev and Bruce a former narrative but now dev on the game they mostly went over title update 5 stuff um, as always if you want to get the nitty gritty details, I suggest checking out the um, the VOD on YouTube, on Twitch, on Mixer, I think, maybe? I don't know. Uh, the big announcement they made was that Title Update 5 and Episode 1 would drop on July 23rd. Uh, that is going to be for Season Pass holders, um, and then it's going to be a 30th for everyone else. Uh, one thing that they noted was that all of the changes to... Um, the balancing, the skills, uh, bug fixes, the new exotic gear, and the new guns um, will all be available on the 23rd. Uh, it's just the expedition, uh, week, the room one, um, the two new missions, and the classified assignments or missions or whatever they're called. Uh, won't be available to everyone until the 30th and the classified assignments never are. They're only for season pass people. Uh, if you want my honest opinion, they're neat, but I wouldn't buy the season pass just for them. Uh, maybe the early access is worth it. That's kind of up to you. Uh, there will be two new special assignments available to the season pass as well. The last one was like a bank in a theater or something like that. Um, they are kind of neat. You get some cosmetics, you get uh, some backpack charms and, uh, I assume the gear is okay. If you, I only ran it once, to be totally honest. Um, but they were neat. Um, again, you know, I think people need to make their own decision on whether or not the season pass is for them. Um, they did show some little mission briefs about the two new missions: the uh, the zoo mission and the presidential retreat mission. Um, they see what else did they do here uh they talked about the expedition uh they talked about um how the three investigations or the expedition is basically three like missions or side missions i'll let you kind of decide when you play it um and then they're gonna release them one at a time so the early access week will be the first room uh, then when it opens up to everyone it sounds like it's going to open up the first two rooms 
and then um, the next week it'll open up all three rooms for everyone and then you get access to a, like a big loot room. Uh, one thing they did point out is that the mastery challenges will not be available um, as Ubisoft Leamington, uh, uh, that their studio there uh, changes some things, I guess, per the feedback from the PTS. Um, I have some significant thoughts uh, about this expedition and this update kind of as a whole. Um, believe it or not, it's not entirely positive. Uh, <laughs> well, I realize that that may not be a thing, um, but that's fine. Um, but I'll express that here in a moment once we finish up this part. Uh, they did talk about the story mode for Dark Hours. Uh, the first raid uh, will be available on the 23rd as well. Um, that does have matchmaking. I believe it is still eight players. Um, I didn't mess with it on the PTS. I mostly just did the expedition, which I'll be talking about. Um, but I've, I believe on the PTS, people were clearing it. I want to say someone did cleared it with two, which I'm not sure how you do that at the end, but I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, but for four, you could probably definitely do it from what I was reading. Um, but it's more just to experience the raid as a story mission and not so much as the, the sweaty actual raid. Uh, the loot table isn't, doesn't seem to be set in stone. I don't think they've given final word. Um, I think it's pretty much guaranteed that the Eagle Bear will not drop in the raid, as it should be, um, even as someone who hasn't uh, completed the raid yet, uh, just mostly out of time, maybe a little bit of effort, lack thereof. Uh, I, I do think the gear set should drop, even if it's at like a really, really reduced rate. Maybe even just one or two pieces a run. I, I don't know. Um, but if they don't, if it doesn't drop any of it, that's fine with me as well. I don't. That's an argument that I don't think we all need to get into. We have plenty of other things to to fight about. Uh, they mentioned that the uh, occupied DZ skills do seem a bit overpowered right now, and they're and they're looking into it. Uh, but they also brought that with the whole idea that people need to maybe be expecting the uh, the skills to have a lot more impact in all phases of the game. Um, they're the cooldowns is the biggest thing more than anything. They're obviously making them more powerful as well. But um, I, I think um, I, I, th I think they uh, are, are kind of, if anyone played Division 1 and you remember the Seeker Mine uh, meta for a short time, um, I, I think that people are worried that that's going to be a thing again. And in some ways it may be. I, I, I don't think that's entirely impossible. Um, I'm also not super worried about it. I also think that there was at one point the, the secret mind meta was annoying, um, but it was interesting watching people actually have to adapt. Um, so I'm kind of curious to how, what this title update five patch is going to look like uh, in, in all phases, uh, obviously PVE for the most part with the stuff I want to do. Um, but I am curious to, uh, to check out the, uh, the DZ, the normalized DZ and the ODZ. I think the ODZ might be a bit of a mess and they've kind of already acknowledged that, but we'll have to see. Um, and that was kind of the majority of it. So um, I'm excited for the title update five, mostly for the two new missions. I didn't touch them during the, the PTS. I kind of just didn't want to. Um, I assumed that they'd be in reasonable shape. I spent most of my time on the expedition, which I'll talk about here in a moment. Um, and... I, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but 
I, I think, you know, a lot of the changes that they made and finalized are cool. Um, I'll skip the expedition talk here for a moment. The dark hours thing. I already talked about the loot for that. I'm excited to mess with that. Um, even just, you know, to take some lowly pleb screenshots and, uh, and, and to kind of just get to experience that raid a bit. Um, because, you know, when it first came out, um, I had a group, mostly of our clan members and a few extra awesome people that we put together and, 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 and worked on it. I mean, this was like this, the first night or second night it was out. Um, people on console hadn't quite figured it out quite yet. Obviously that's changed pretty significantly. There's people clearing it pretty fast at this point, but I just basically haven't had time since then. Um, I'm still trying to get someone to, to carry me through, but I can definitely do my part. So if you have a group, let me know. I'd be, uh, curious to get it. Um, and, and that was state of the game state of the game. I mean, it was good. It was informative. I'm glad they're having devs on, um, basically every week. Uh, you know, it's obviously not always going to cover everything everyone wants. Um, but I do think it's at least good to hear uh, straight from the people who actually have hands on the game. Um, uh, I think it's, it's better than it not being like that. So, okay. So in division two and gaming news, um, so I'm actually going to talk about the expedition and what I thought about it. Uh, and now that we have some a, a date released on it uh, and know that it's probably going to be basically the same as the PTS, I have some thoughts. And then I'm actually going to talk about No Man's Sky. And if you pay attention to uh, what that dev talks about, you'll know why. But okay, so the expedition. So uh, it's it's kind of cracks me up because uh, the, the, there, there's been an ongoing conversation on Twitter uh, before I recorded this about how I defend everything about the game and um, I'm just a white knight or whatever for for division. I don't know. That's fine. That's coming from people who don't pay attention to what I say or do, which is fair. Uh, if you're listening to this, I suspect that's not you. And, um, and it, you know, just kind of is what it is. What I will say is, um, okay. So the expedition, okay. So what I like about it, because I try to be fair and balanced and, uh, I'll throw that, I'll throw this out there first. Uh, it's pretty, um, it looks good. I, um, I think the uh, the environment looks good. The design of it is cool. The locations that you um, work in, it's it's funny. There's people who have said that they thought that this was going to be the underground. I really don't think that anything was ever said uh, to imply that this was going to be the underground 2.0. Um, it's definitely not. Um, what I will say, though, is that at least one of the environments, if not all three of them in a way, um, are reminiscent of that style of gameplay that the underground had, uh, but it's not, it's not the underground, not even close. Um, I think there's also maybe a chance, uh, that the expedition, um, is a good place to get loot, but probably not the best one, if that makes sense. Um, I felt like when I was running around in it, there, there was literally, I mean, you know, material containers everywhere, which with the recalibration changing, crafting changing, um, it may be a more significant thing. Um, I, I suspect it will be. Uh, and there's tons of loot. There's little hidden rooms that you can find that have loot in them. And then there's a loot cave at the end. Um, uh, once you do all three phases, which we'll talk about that in a moment, um, it might be a good place to get loot. Uh, but again, I I kind of suspect it's not the best. I, I suspect you'll be better off um, running missions or doing other things. Uh, I, I suspect we'll also get some people who are much more um, dedicated and, and much smarter than me uh, to figure that out uh, with loot per second or uh, whatever people find out. Okay, so that's why I liked about it, if you didn't know. 
okay so what i'm skeptical of or what i'm not a big fan of um it, there's there's a uh, there's a serious lack of content um so for full disclosure the pts uh expedition only i, I believe as far as i could tell only made the story part of the missions available uh, to the lowest difficulty level and um and that's fine um the they're just so in theory the expedition is three missions um one set in a library one set in a student center and one set in a subway station and um comparing it to content in division two um if, if you remember how if you've played through once and you haven't gone back and played more um uh, the side mission the side missions in division two i thought were really impressive they were um extensive where the side missions in the first game you know the missing person side missions were kind of cool they were multi-layered but the rest of them were like save the supplies from the rikers you know it was really simple where i felt like the side missions in division two were actually pretty impressive they some of them i felt like were longer or even and more in depth than some of the main missions in division one um and so what i will say about the expedition is that each of the wings or each investigation you do is like a really long side mission um there's some mechanics mixed in there um i don't know the story level they were really easy to figure out there was like one or two i think stumped me for a minute uh, but for the most part they were they were fairly simple so um you know no one's no one's challenging you real big there um but it's you know they're they're fine they're, they're okay um the the problem is is that i think even uh when they open up the 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 full live version of this uh, i believe there's going to be difficulty levels so i assume story hard challenging maybe heroic i don't know i don't think that they've actually announced that um i suspect that it's just going to be more enemies at the higher level um i think i i died once when i was doing the whole all three expedition rooms uh it was because i like didn't put myself in the right cover and they spawned right behind me and i died so it wasn't even it wasn't really because they like outplayed i just was not paying attention the way i should have so maybe i did get outplayed um but they just don't it's just you finish one of the investigations and there's a little bit of lore in there there's some voice recordings i didn't listen to yet because i was going to save that for the live uh, the live game um the the thing is about the missions and and the whole reason you're going there um it just feels kind of disconnected from the rest of the game um i i think uh if you look at it in a way of you just go and you experience it and at the end of it when you finish it i think i think a lot of people will be like well that's kind of cool um but i i also suspect that most people won't ever go back <laughs> Um, one of the reasons to go back was supposed to be the mastery system. So, um, you know, they said that that's delayed already. And the whole idea of the mastery system is that there, there would be either, I think, I don't know if it was based off of speed or whatever it was. Um, but you were supposed to be able to go in there and, and complete them really fast, uh, and, and get extra rewards for doing that and stuff like that. Complete these investigations. Um, so it's supposed to be like a challenge mode. Um, I don't know if there were going to be leaderboards. I believe they said there were. Um, but the problem is, is that apparently the mastery system won't be available at launch. Um, 
the other problem is that they're doing a staggered release and when they did the pts they did this but they staggered it over three days they did the first investigation the second investigation and the third investigation and um and even that felt like way too much if i have to be honest they um these things the story mode i want to say they each took 25 maybe 30 minutes and that was me kind of goofing off a little bit and like looking at stuff and you know taking screenshots you know doing that evil thing um and and so what's annoying is that um it's going to open them up to accusations that they're artificially lengthening the amount of time um that this feels like you get to play um and and i think those accusations um i i don't know i mean i don't have proof that that's what they're trying to do i i i uh you know i don't know but it it definitely feels that way and i really think they would have been better off just releasing all three of them at once um or maybe releasing uh, the first one for early access and then releasing the last two at the same time that everyone gets them um so when the people who don't have season pass play all three are available then all three are available for people with the season pass but they still got to play part of it early i don't know um but the problem is is that you're looking at the, at least the first time you run through them an hour and a half maybe two hours of content um and then if you don't have any desire to replay them and if you don't come back when the mastery system gets released you'll never come back um and so this leads into my kind of final um, criticism or whatever of this is that i think it's just kind of bad timing um from the lovely conversations i was talking about that i was having before um you know there's people who are, who are not satisfied with the stay of this game um and i think that's fine you know everyone has their own opinion um you know it is what it is well let's, let's say that um and and unfortunately i think that there's there's a lot of people that are probably hoping that this um this expedition was going to be some really exciting replayable content that people are going to be able to sink you know 100 hours into um even if you weren't a big fan of survival even if you weren't a big fan of the underground and division one um even last stand to a point uh you you could probably still you know you probably at least spent some time in it if you played division one um and and all of them could have provided in my opinion at least 10 or 15 20 hours of play for even people who didn't really like them that much right um I, I just don't this expedition i'm not talking about the whole update well i'll talk about that separately but um i just i, I don't think this is a good look i, I think it's uh this expedition is is kind of a bummer a little bit um i i don't know if it was content that was uh, you know, easier to make probably at the same time that the game was wrapping up. Um, so they couldn't dedicate like the whole company to this expedition. They had to put it off to like one studio and, you know, they probably even had other responsibilities. I don't know. I'm white knighting right now. So I, I don't want to be overly defensive of them, but uh, it, it's, it, it's rough. And, and I, and I have to admit, I was a little disappointed with the expedition. Um, that said, uh, I, I think that the, maybe the saving grace here is that a lot of the well i would say basically everything else about title update 5 um hopefully makes up a lot for this expedition maybe not quite being what people wanted or maybe what the game needed um the two new missions i haven't played them as i said but i've heard really good things about them 
Uh, I've heard that the zoo one is really hard um, in some capacities. I've heard that the presidential one is just kind of neat because of what you do. Uh, the, the Camp David, I think, is what it's modeled after. Um, I, I got to play with one of the new guns, the, the Carbine 7. I got that when I was doing the expedition. Um, it probably needs a little bit of a damage buff. Um, I, I still don't think it's going to unseat the uh, P416. Um, but we'll have to wait and see for any final revisions they do or anything. The um, I didn't get to use the new LMG. Um, I didn't mess with the new exotic rifle. Honestly, it's kind of... I, I, I don't know about that snake, but I at least want to check it out and play with it a little bit um, and, and see if that exotic is any good. Um, and I did not mess with the gloves either, but uh, from what I've read on the PTS forums and just in general conversation, apparently they're pretty good. I just used the build that they gave us um, to play with because of the uh, import and, and the import issues with people's characters. So um, I overall, you know, I think that the, you know, the bug fixes, the balancing, especially the skill changes that they're doing, the two new missions, the new gear, the new guns. I, I mean, I think that hopefully picks up this, this, this uh, first episode and, and maybe, you know, shines up the expedition a bit. Um, I, I think there's going to there's gonna be people who really like the expedition, uh, people who aren't putting in 40 hours a week playing this game, um, who are fine to have, you know, two or three hours of content, and that they may come back, you know, every now and then and play it again, uh, try to get new mastery re rewards or whatever once that comes in. Um, but I think that there's... Uh, and even if it's a vocal minority, there's still going to be people who are going to be really upset. I think about the expedition specifically. I think the rest of the stuff is gonna is gonna make up for it some, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So, uh, that's my spiel on expeditions and title update five, at least as we know it right now. Okay. So, uh, in, in other news, the No Man's Sky dev decided to take to the internets and um, tell the Fallout 76 and the Anthem devs that. They should not interact with their community and they need to just buckle down and just make new content and fix their game and just go from there. Um, if, if you don't know No Man's Sky, um, it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, back when Division 1 came out, uh, Division 1 had a tough release. Uh, there was like a week or two of like, oh, this game is really cool. And people hit end game and there was nothing to do. Um, so as bad as I think some people think Division 2 is, I... I really think they either didn't play Division One or they they just forget the way it was. Um, you know, they they have their weaknesses in different ways, but there's at least something to do in Division Two. Um, but what was interesting is I, if I remember correctly, No Man's Sky came out not long after uh, Division, or it came out in that same um, that same window. Um, and what was interesting is that it. It didn't. It definitely didn't cover up the issues in Division One, but I would say in the in the grand scope of things, um, it definitely did kind of take some of the heat because, um, I mean, Division One historically promised a lot and and never really quite provided it. You know, they definitely, you know, that that was in the kind of there was a kind of a there's a few years there where Ubisoft was kind of a bad offender with Watch Dogs and Division One. Um, no Man's Sky was another really bad offender, and we've had a few since. Um, that really we thought we were getting one thing, and then when it came out, it kind of wasn't that thing. Um, and if you don't know No Man's Sky, their kind of their deal about a year after the game came out, they actually had a big. They they basically just cut off from the world, and they worked on the game and they fixed it up, and um, 
and they did make it a lot better. I actually bought it and played it for a while because I bought it when it released and it was garbage. And then I bought it again uh, for like, I think it was only like 20 bucks or something later on. Uh, and then with the update, it was cool. I still didn't really like it, so I ended up returning it. Um, but it definitely was better. And since then, they've actually made it, it's, you know, three and a half years later, it's actually turning into the game that they promised three and a half years ago. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, he's basically saying just to cut off completely. And, and I think being someone who was involved in the Division One community, about a year in, uh, I played the game since the beta, but I I was only on Reddit until about a year in, maybe a little more, uh, for better or worse. Sometimes, some days I'm not sure. Um, but my my pushback on that is that I think if the division would have completely cut off communication with the community and just worked on 1.4, which I think a lot of people feel like is the patch that sort of saved division one, um, depending on your outlook. Um, I think if they would have cut off communication completely, I, I don't think that would have worked. And the thing is, is that no man's sky was so historically awful from the ground up. And it was so feature poor that they couldn't hurt themselves by cutting off. Uh, as bad as Division 1 was in the 1.0 patch, 1.1, 1.2, some people loved 1.3, but you know, we'll throw that in there. As bad as those the game was at that time, it still had like bones, like it still had it was still like good in its own way. Uh you could still play it and kind of enjoy it. Um and and I think that, you know, their almost constant communication, them doing the ETF and stuff like that. Um, I think was the right way to handle it. But I think that's because the game wasn't a 100% disaster the way No Man's Sky kind of was, at least as I could, my experience and what I could tell. Um, I, I think Fallout 6, I want to compare more to Division 1 because while a lot of people obviously didn't like a lot of it and it was extremely buggy and had a lot of issues, it was still a Fallout game. Um, and I think by them staying in communication with their community, um, and keeping up with it and improving the game, adding some things that don't really make sense as well, kind of some weird direction with that game. Um, I think that's bad advice for Fallout 76. Um, but with Anthem, I actually think that's a more interesting comparison because um, I think it depends on who you talk to. It seems like there's people who really do like Anthem. Um, I, I, I still kind of get the overall feeling that Anthem is maybe a little more reminiscent of No Man's Sky uh, in that maybe they would have been better off. Um, but the difference between No Man's Sky and Anthem is EA <laughs> and Bioware. And uh, and while maybe the silent and just get stuff done might, might have been better for Anthem, and they kind of did that. I believe they went an entire month without really updating on what was going on with the Cataclysm and, and a bunch of the content in that game. Um, I still feel like they've been trying to communicate a bit and uh, and figure things out with their community. But... Uh, the problem is with Anthem is, is that if, if we don't hear from the devs for six months, uh, that probably means the game is done. Uh, I don't think that's the case right now. It does seem like they're still uh, wanting to work on it and keep pushing, uh, but we'll have to see um, you know, what happens there. I just found it really interesting. It's, it's a pretty bold move by the No Man's Sky dev after... Um, you know, like Division 1 promised a lot of graphics, promised a lot of activities, promised a lot of... Uh, areas to play in with its pre-release trailers and CG stuff and even some of the gameplay videos. 
Um, and they deserve what they got for that, definitely to a point. But No Man's Sky, I, th I still think to this day, really takes the cake. And it definitely helps that they've kind of figured that game out a little bit and that they're, uh, they're getting there. <laughs> Um, but I still think that they, it, it's, it, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's say that. So, uh, there's that news. Uh, this is my lovely transition to the mid-roll, which will now be, uh, both ads will play in the middle. And if you want to skip them, it's about 60 seconds. So I don't know if I'm going to lose my sponsorships for that, but just so you know. Okay, so... Community topics and discussion. If you if you believe it or not, I've added one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> okay, so future Division Two DLC thoughts. So um, playing through that expedition, you know, if you're listening, you know, from from the beginning, um, I talked pretty extensively about this expedition that's coming out with Title Update Five, and how I'm not huge. I'm not huge on it. I'll play it. I'll enjoy it for what it is, but it's, I don't think it's what people expect. Um, and I think it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, and I think that's fair. Um, and it just makes me wonder about the other DLCs. So the impression I'm under, um, without any way to really source it, it's more my guesses more than anything is that, um, they've broken up the DLCs into different studios. And so this first expedition, this first, uh, that part of this first DLC, is uh, is being done by Ubisoft Leamington. Um, I know they did some stuff on Division One. I, I can't. I think it was. I don't believe they. I think it was Reflections. And I'm sure if anyone's in chat right now, um, listening along, uh, or if you want to comment on YouTube or wherever else on Twitter and so on and so forth, I want to say it was Reflections that did the Underground reboot uh, in the last year or whatever of Division Two, uh, Division One. Um, and I don't remember off the top of my head what Leamington did, but I believe they were involved. Um, so it seems like they were in charge, uh, I believe, on the stay of the game. They said that they did the expedition, which I would assume that means that other studios are going to do the Pentagon and the return to New York. Um, I'm not sure about the Pentagon. I'm not sure if that may be Reflections. Um, I know that they've worked with Annecy as well. Uh, Sophia is another studio, so I'm wondering if it's one of those. Um, if if I was a betting man, I would say that the return to New York is probably going to be handled by Massive. Um, I I just think that's it seems right. Uh, I imagine that would make sense too. That while some of them are working on the game live, that there's also probably a big portion of them working on that kind of final year one DLC. Um, and so if that's the case, which it seems like it would be, because I believe that's how the first game was too. Um, then I. I, I'm willing to be hopeful <laughs> for the DLC for the rest of the of the the year one. Um, I hope <laughs> because, like I said, I think as a whole, title update five is going to satisfy um, a good amount. Um, I, I think that the expedition is going to be a point of contention, but I do think the two new missions. I mean, we're getting new missions. Division one, we never got a single new mission. Uh, if you count the incursions, that's fine. But even then, we only got three of them, or four. I always forget about Stolen Signal because it wasn't worth doing, in my opinion, at least. Um, even though I really like that mission. Um, you know, we're getting new missions, so that's a that's a step up from the last game. Um, 
and obviously the skill changes and, and the additions of new guns and some gear. I mean, I think that's all really good stuff. Uh, but I, I really think that this Pentagon, uh, this episode two, which now we're going to be waiting until I think fall is when they said that's coming out. So I'm assuming that's going to be October, November ish, which uh, seems far away, but it's kind of not, but it kind of is. Um, that's going to need to be a different thing. And, and I really hope it is. Uh, I, I've been predicting for a long time that the Pentagon would be a, uh, an underground ish, uh, kind of an underground 2.0 maybe a spiritual successor to underground. Um, I loved underground in division one, um, you know, bicycle of death. If you know who he is, he, you know, that's a mode he still enjoys playing to this day, I believe. And, uh, and it wasn't even because it was, it could have been better, uh, underground. Once they added the hunters, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed soloing and running against them. Um, but the underground wasn't perfect, but it was still really cool. I, I enjoyed it personally. Um, even just for some dumb killing and running through, uh, subways and shooting people. It, it was a little bit different each time, uh, and you could really jack up the the difficulty, and, and it was it could be a lot of fun. Um, and I and I really hope that's what the Pentagon is going to bring, because I do not believe the expedition is going to bring that. Uh, my biggest fear is that uh, this first expedition is is a preview to what all three of the DLCs or, or the three new modes are going to be like. So the expedition, um, like I'm concerned that the Pentagon is going to be an expedition uh, and that we're going to go to the Pentagon. There's going to be three rooms that open up over three weeks. And then at the end we get a loot room. So I don't think that's how it's going to go. Um, and, and, and more than anything, I really hope it's not. And even more so probably times a hundred, I'm hoping that the New York city DLC will definitely not be that because I think it definitely needs to be. Um, I, I definitely think that the New York DLC needs to be the biggest DLC that the division has ever done. Division one, division two, that I'm even trying to temper my own expectations because, you know, a part of me is hoping that we go back and we get to fight the remnants of the LMB that we get to fight this kind of newly empowered cleaner faction that, you know, from the, the, the Intel we got from division two, apparently they've lost their leader, but they're even more dangerous than they were. I hope that we get to fight Rikers and even rioters. Um, what I have a feeling is that that may not be realistic. That I suspect um, we may fight cleaners because that's what they showed us already. Uh, I, I, I'm not expecting to go back and get the entire Manhattan map. It'd be cool if we got it, but that's not what I'm anticipating. And so I think that if the expedition goes over the way I think it's going to, I I want... I, I just I hope that they're really um, clever or thoughtful about their messaging for the Pentagon um, and for the New York City DLCs and that, you know, don't give us everything, but maybe reassure us if those are going to be different than the expedition. Maybe let us know. I, I think at least for me, I would like to know that. Uh, and, and that's just maybe where I stand. So. I'm I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about the other two DLCs. I have a feeling that they'll be different. Um, and then year two, and I believe they want to go for a year three, is a whole different can of worms. Um, I've predicted for a while that I think year two is going to be a paid DLC. Um, I think it's going to be a paid season pass, and it's going to give you probably a similar you know three episodes, three new modes. Uh, you know, some new missions, like new narrative missions, new places to go. 
uh, maybe a new expedition, you know, stuff like that. Um, I suspect it's going to be that kind of a deal. And, um, and, and they're really going to have to knock it out of the park with uh, the Pentagon and with the final DLC. Uh, I think that's going to be really important um, if they want people to buy into that. Uh, there's obviously a lot of things in the game that need to be fixed and, and uh, redone and, and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, that's, if, you want, if, you're, if they're going to want people to pay for a Season 2 and a Season 3 pass, uh, they're, they're going to need to do more than this expedition. I think that's a fair place to leave that. Um, another topic I saw that I thought was actually kind of interesting, and I had never really looked at it this way, but I saw a lot of people throwing out and proclaiming um, that they had purchased the season pass for Division 2, and they felt like the PTS was kind of like usurping their season pass. Because essentially, if someone purchased the $60 version of Division 2 and did not have the season pass, they they could just play the PTS and play some of the content. Uh, the two new missions, a very, you know, uh, you know the, the story version of the expedition, the new gear, the new guns. Um, so I don't really completely buy into that whole idea, but it's also an idea that I understand. Like I don't, I don't disagree with them necessarily, um, but I, I think that it's maybe a step too far. Um, I do think it's a bummer a little bit that the, um, you know, some of the details get get leaked. Um, that the story missions, you know, luckily I haven't seen people be too. Um, spoilery about the two new missions and what they entail and, and what they say and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I do think that, you know, it is a bummer. You know, I, 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 I get that they want to test things out, that they need to test things out, that they want data and so on. Um, but it is kind of a bummer. And it was the same way in division one. I always felt like the PTS was always kind of like a buzzkill a little bit um, that we have this new content coming out and it was really cool. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it was mostly people just streaming it and getting views off of it. And, and it seemed like there, there, uh, I'm sure there were lots of people who spent lots of dedicated time to finding bugs and, and trying to figure things out, uh, properly the way, you know, the whole purpose of the PTS. Um, but even in division two, we, you know, when they tested title update four, I believe that was the gunner specialization. Uh, you know, there was a big YouTuber and, and Twitch uh, streamer who, was complaining that that he had to go through the gunner specialization to unlock it. And he specifically said, I wanted to show the new uh, gunner specialization to my stream. Um, huh, you know, <laughs> like, it's, it's not the point of, of the PTS, even though that's how a lot of people treat it like a demo. Um, and that's a bummer, you know. So um, I get why people feel like the PTS is a free season pass obviously just for PC people. Um, I'm kind of mixed about how I really feel about it. Uh, but, but I have always felt like the PTS was kind of like a buzzkill a little bit, unless you completely walled yourself off from watching streams and stuff like that. Um, which I kind of moderately successfully did with this one beside playing the expedition. So I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion on it either way, but I, uh, I think I kind of understand uh, both sides of it to a point. Okay. 
so the final thing here, which I added right before the stream started, um, was there's there was this interesting um, someone had made a post asking essentially what people thought of uh, the Division Two being on sale for for twenty bucks at GameStop. Um, I believe. See, I thought it was only at GameStop. So I know that GameStop will do deals with studios um, to try to get people in their doors because GameStop is failing. It's GameStop is is probably not going to exist in a couple years, uh, if that. Um, so I knew that was a thing they had done with games. So I didn't necessarily think that it was a a downer on Division 2. Um, but then I saw that it's on sale a bunch of other places. So, you know, they have said that the sales on um, console was not what they expected. Uh, they wanted more. Um, they, they talked about how well it sold on Uplay. Uh, but that that's also because it's not on Steam, which I'm sure most people would have purchased it on. So... Um, I would say overall, maybe it didn't sell as well as they wanted. So now they're doing these deals. I think there was even a deal during the big Ubisoft sale. Um, and, you know, I I can be a bit blunt, maybe. Uh, maybe even a bit scandalous at times with the things I say. Um, but what I pointed out, I said, hey, you know, um, this is a thing that, you know, GameStop does. Uh, it, it is kind of a thing where they um you know my specific comment was that it was it's also a great opportunity for people licking their lips uh to dump on the game uh to do that um and you know that got portrayed in in ways um maybe partially my fault uh maybe i was trying to be a little too edgy there um my issue is 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 a few things so my main issue with it is that uh, I I kind of think it uh, deserves to be kind of ripped on a little bit, right? I mean, it's the game's only been out a few months. It's twenty bucks already. It's kind of a, not a great look. Uh, my example was that I'm pretty sure that Destiny. I know people were saying that it was like free for PlayStation Four. There was like a weird staggered release with Destiny Two, um, but I believe like four or five months after Destiny Two came out, you could buy it for five dollars. And I don't know if it was only on PC or if it was on all platforms. Um, all I remember is that I. I disliked Destiny 2 so much when I bought it when it came out that I didn't even want it for $5 on PC. So whatever that situation was. Um, and and then, you know, what what I would call a, a dog pile on Twitter jumped on. And and my issue with, with this is that there, there's essentially accusations towards me that um, I white knight for the game, you know, quote unquote, um, that I defend every single thing they do, that uh, I, that I, you know, maybe even to the point of pretending that the game is perfect and has no issues. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, either live or later on, uh, you, I hope have heard me say multiple things that I don't think are perfect about this game. And, uh, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, uh, I hope that you've heard that if, um, I would say on Twitter is where I'm the most positive, um, for the most part, um, and it's definitely the place where I challenge people if I feel like they're saying things that, um, like if they just say, oh, this game is garbage. I, I'm curious to why they think that. Uh, maybe I'm a little blunt about the way I ask or the way I challenge people. Uh, I think that's lazy. I, I don't like that way of handling things. If I see the exact same like vague complaints about the game over and over again, I very well may ask to maybe for some more detail. Um, it may come off as condescending. Um, I kind of apologize for that, but not really. Um, my, my issue is that 
what was interesting is that there was a particular comment back towards me that was what it was. But the problem is that the person who made that that comment and the decent amount of people who seem to support that comment either in their own replies or or, or likes, quote unquote, um, is that there was one person who I think might check out my content that was involved in that whole conversation, agreeing with that person. Um, and so what's annoying is that there, there's people who, who have probably never listened to this podcast, who have never watched a single one of my streams, who don't watch any of my videos, um, who basically their entire knowledge of what I think about things are, you know, maybe one tweet that they've seen or a tweet here and there, you know, uh, or maybe I am being abnormally supportive of the game and so on and so forth. But, uh, my thing is that, you know, if you're going to call me fake, uh, if you're going to call me a white knight for the game and so on and so forth, if I believe that you've consumed even half of my content that you've out, that you've heard even half of my opinions, if you've, if you've even given me a chance, then I would, I would take that to heart for sure. You know, there's, there's a, a pretty long list of people that if they said those things about me, um, if they claim that I defend the game too much, that, um, I'm, I'm too defensive over it and stuff like that then there's definitely a long list of people who I'd be more than happy to, to take that to heart and, and to, and to be like, Oh dang, maybe step back and look at what I'm doing. The problem is, is that in, you know, these 20, 20, whatever people um, who are involved in this conversation, not a single one of them are on that list. And, and even to the point of, of kind of being told this kind of thing from someone, you know, doesn't necessarily have the best reputation in the community um, for their direct behavior and not really even to do with their opinions of the game, which is fine. Everyone does their own thing. But my biggest issue with the whole deal was that, you know, there were multiple uh, accusations of having my agenda uh, of, of trying to stay in the good graces of the devs um, and, and stuff. The, the thing that I want to make really clear is that I have nothing to lose when it comes to this stuff. At this point, they're not going to send me to E3 again. One, I've already been a star player. And two, I'm not a big enough creator, and I'm probably never going to be big enough for them to send me. And that's fine. I'm not trying to be. I, I have nothing to lose. There's nothing bad I could say about the division that would break up the relationships I've created because I say all kinds of really awful things about this game in private <laughs> to people who work on it. And, um, and, and I, and my thing is that I don't make that my, my whole deal. I, I don't, you know, that that's not my persona. That's not what I'm about. Um, I, my whole idea, the the whole thing is I came into the division one community when it was in a similar kind of toxic spiral that we're kind of in right now with division two. And the whole reason I did it was because I wanted to try to bring some, some balance, you know, to say, yep, there's definitely some issues. Those issues suck. I hate that, but man, there is some really cool stuff going on here too. And to try to always provide that. And it's what I think I still do. And if I lost every single follower on Twitter, if a single person never watched my stream ever again, if not a single person, ever listen to another one of my you know podcasts or whatever i would do the exact same thing i would say the exact same stuff i say 
Um, so the whole idea of, of, of claiming that there's, there's an agenda here, um, that there's whatever, uh, for full clarity, I would say between the podcast and the stream, and I don't even sell, I mean, I don't, I don't have any revenue from, you know, my, you know, coffee cups or anything. Um, I, I might make a hundred bucks a month. And, and, and lately the last five or six months, it hasn't even been that because I've just been too busy to really spend too much time doing it. Um, that my only goal with having any revenue stream is to try to cover the cost of this hobby of buying and, you know, uh, you know, nice new mics and upgrading my computer and having a mic arm and a new screen and, uh, you know, a, a, a new keyboard, you know, I'm not getting rich. I'm not paying my mortgage on this thing. Um, I still work 40 to 50 hours a week at my normal job. Uh, that's very stressful. And I have, you know, lots to do there. And I'm about to be a father and I'm a husband uh, and I try to take care of all those responsibilities. And, and this is my hobby and this is my fun. Um, and so I felt that in a lot of ways that, um, that, that makes me a reliable source in a different way because at the end of the day, I have nothing to lose. Um, but that still doesn't mean that I'm going to try to make a brand or, or make a whole deal out of being sensational and always complaining and being passive aggressive or directly aggressive to other people in the community. I'm not always perfect with that, but I try, but especially devs and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a game developer in my real life and my real job, but I am in a position that's very, very similar to theirs where, you know, they don't get to make all their own decisions. You know, I don't get to make all my own decisions at work, but I get to make a lot of them. Um, and there's some things I just can't do at work. Even, even if I agree with the consumer, it sucks. There's just in, in the same way that I want those people to treat me when I'm dealing with them about issues that they don't like is the same way I try to deal with the devs when there's things I don't like about this game per se. So honestly, I don't mind being criticized. I don't mind being called a shill or being called, you know, having an agenda and all this stuff, but it, those, those types of things I don't see levied by people who actually um, hear me out. Uh, Hardly ever, if you know, not very often, if ever. And if they were, I'd take them very seriously. But you know, 20, 25 people who have their own reputations and who I have very little confidence that hear me out in any way, shape, or form other than a random tweet that's convenient to pile on. Um, I just not, I don't care. <laughs> I care enough to comment on it, obviously, but it's more because I really hate having my integrity questioned. And, uh, because there's not much a person has and that, and that's the thing I, um, I'm very proud of. And I think I, I personally have done a very good job, um, or at least I've tried. So, uh, criticize me all you want, but I really suggest hearing me out before you do it because just because someone doesn't like me on Twitter doesn't mean they maybe are, uh, expressing my full opinion and maybe they're just lying about the way I am. But if you're here, you already know that. So just uh, preaching to the choir. Okay, so the final couple things here. I had some questions from Shami Soul, a patron and very loyal viewer of my things for some reason. Uh, he asked kind of four small questions. So uh, 
Shami Soul. I uh, kind of made these smaller, uh, but I think I got the gist of them. So your first thing was just kind of asking about like Expeditions 2.0. Like, you know, are they going to redo the Expeditions? Is it going to be like a whole new thing? Um, I don't think so. I honestly, I think it'd be cool if maybe they did a pass one day on this Kinley College Expedition and maybe added some new stuff, made it a little more replayable than I think it's going to be. Uh, but I kind of suspect that if if um, maybe Limiton will do more work on it after this release, uh, but maybe they won't. Um, like I was saying, I, I don't think that like the Pentagon and NYC are going to be expeditions exactly, like not in the same format. They may be called that, but I suspect they're going to be different. Um, uh, probably not. I, I think these expeditions may just kind of be put out to pasture after they're released, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, how do devs satisfy communities with DLC? So that's tough because what's interesting is that a lot of us look back really favorably on things like the underground. I know I do. I thought the underground was great, especially after they revised it with the hunters and so on. Um, and uh, survival. Uh, we look back on it very fondly now. Uh, and, and I'm sure some people really like Last Stand. I liked it for a long time, you know, for a while. Um, but if if people remember when those things came out, um, you know, people didn't like survival because there was no randomness to it. It was the exact same thing every time. Um, people didn't like the underground because it wasn't this endless, super complicated, crazy randomization. It was like 10 different rooms that would randomly put themselves together and, you know, a bunch of the same bosses and, and, you know, the hunters kind of changed things up eventually, but that wasn't for a while. Uh, and, and the, the ways you could modify each run weren't really that crazy. It, it was kind of mundane. And then last stand was just kind of a messy, uh, kind of domination style you know pvp that had tons of issues with the way the spawning happened when it first came out people would spawn lock people and, and it was real ugly not very fun um so what's funny is i would say in hindsight a lot of people were satisfied with the dlc from division one um and so like i would i suspect that um there's gonna be a lot of really mixed reviews with this episode one of division two um, I, I I personally think people are going to be a little bit let down by expeditions. I think they're going to really like the two new missions. I think they're going to like the new guns and gear. Um, I think most people are going to like the skill changes. Um, it's hard to tell about balances and bug fixing. Uh, maybe they'll be great. Maybe they won't. There's probably going to be people on both sides of it, no matter what they do. Um, so how do they satisfy communities with DLC? I would say they provide what they say they're going to do. Um, and I think in a game like Division 2, they satisfy with DLC by giving us stuff that we can play while we wait for the next stuff. Um, I don't know if, if this episode one is going to accomplish that. Uh, I, I, I am probably wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that's how they satisfy communities with DLC. They continue working on the game on the back end and they provide what they say they're going to and specific to division two, they give us stuff that will keep us busy until they give us more stuff. Um, the third question here from you was beyond good and evil two. Uh, will it set like a standard, um, for single player games? Um, that's a thing that Ubisoft doesn't really have the penchant for. I think when people think of, 
you know, the best single player games, unfortunately, you know, for, or at least for some people, you know, the, the standard for single player games, I would say are most of the PlayStation exclusives, uh, last of us, uh, horizon. Um, but then you even have, you know, third party games uh, that are on all three, um, like red dead. Well, maybe red dead redemption two on PC eventually. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I didn't play the first beyond good and evil. So, I'm kind of ignorant to that whole game. Um, I hope they do. I think that they definitely put themselves in that conversation with uh, the most recent Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, a lot of people really liked it. I did enjoy it. I thought it was a little too much. It was more game than I felt like playing, which I get as ironic as a Division uh, fan. Um, but I think they already Ubisoft already kind of did that with uh, Assassin's Creed. And with the time and care, it seems like they're taking with Beyond Good and Evil 2. I would say there's a chance. Uh, then your final question is about Cyberpunk 2077 revolutionizing the RPG genre. I think that's going to be, um, it's definitely being hyped for that, right? Um, but uh, I've been hurt before. And with games like Division 1 and with even some other games that have come out, um, I think that CD Projekt Red has obviously the reputation from the Witcher games. Um, I don't like Witcher 3, which I think makes me evil and probably means that my opinion doesn't matter to anyone anymore. I found it kind of boring, personally. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I think if I played the first two, maybe I'd be more into it, but I found the combat really clunky. And that kind of made it hard for me to get deep enough into the story to really enjoy it. Um, maybe I'll go back one day. I'm sure plenty of people will tell me I should. Uh, but it wasn't really my jam. That said, um, I still know their reputation. I still know that most people believe Witcher 3 is the best game of this generation. Um, and so I'll trust them that they are much better uh, opinions than mine. And, um, and And what I'm seeing from Cyberpunk is that they're... They're taking a lot of those things they did well in The Witcher and they're moving it to a completely different genre, kind of more of a different setting um, that is definitely way more appealing to me. I care a lot more about cyberpunk and its world than I ever could about Witcher. Um, and so I think it has a chance to revolutionize it. Uh, I worry that there's it's already at a point where there's no way they can meet the expectations that a lot of people have. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I'm, it's probably going to blow everyone away. It seems legit. But but it's going to have to provide a lot. And if there's a company that can do it, it's CG, CD Projekt Red or Rockstar. I know a lot of people didn't love Red Dead Redemption 2 as much as maybe the first one. I did. I thought it was amazing. Um, but those are like the only two companies I can think of that can put out a game like every eight years and people are cool with it because the games are super good. So will it? I don't know. Could it? As in revolutionize the RPG genre? Yeah, I, I definitely could. And I hope it does. I hope it's that next step that every other game that's in production or is in production in the future wants to step up to. Uh, that's That would be good for gaming. Okay, so uh, with some content updates, um, if you <laughs> haven't noticed from my tweets, um, I threw out my pack on Tuesday. I actually haven't been to work the last two days. I'm, 
I'm just feeling good enough now while recording this that I could sit in this chair for an hour or so. Um, luckily, I don't think I made any weird noises uh, from my back spasming during this, so I, I don't have to worry about you guys thinking there's something weird going on on this side. Uh, and my advice is just try to take care of your body and don't get fat like me. Uh, it definitely makes these things a lot worse, and I, I hope that this has been the wake-up call I've kind of needed. Um, if you didn't notice it this week, there is a new Words with Bond uh, on my on my Medium blog page. Uh, if you just search for Words with Bond on there, um, I did an interview with Dynasty, uh, who is one of the division developers at Massive. He does environmental stuff. Um, we actually he actually did it a long time ago, and I've just been lazy and just got around the post in it. So check that out. He's got some really interesting perspectives on things. Um, I also did a new video talking about the PTS and specifically the expedition where I probably went into even more detail than I did during this podcast. If you want to check that out, uh, I currently have a 2000 ish word script ready to record a whole video where I grade division one and division two and put them up against each other and talk about which one I think is better today and why specifically I think is the important part there um, and how I think that's gonna play out in the long run. So I, I wanna make that video uh, this weekend, uh, if not this weekend, then next week, and I'll put that out. So be on the lookout for it. Uh, I'm trying to get back into a routine with the streaming. I did the poll asking people basically uh, if an hour stream is better than no stream at all. And the response is pretty overwhelmingly, yes, that it's better than nothing. Uh, so my goal right now is to try to stream again on the mornings uh, in the weekends, so Saturday and Sunday morning, around 9, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and to try to stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays around 5, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, um, maybe later if I have to. Uh, well, Tuesdays may have to. Uh, we'll have to figure Tuesdays out. Um, and then Wednesdays have this stream. Uh, so I'm doing it on Thursday this week, but uh, to do the EchoCast recording on Wednesdays. Uh, obviously when the baby comes that's going to have to uh she's going to be in charge of that whole deal and i'll do my best but i do want to get back on it there, there's a lot of things i want to get back on and be more consistent with to respect the people who are subbed on here um and, and just who support and even who just take the time to check out what i have you know because apparently that's you know not enough people at least not in my opinion uh, numbers wise i'm really not that worried about it uh, i know that a lot of people suggest not streaming for only an hour um, at this point, maybe one day I'll get back on that Twitch partnership grind, uh, but it's not right now. Right now, I feel like I'm just enjoying communicating and connecting with people, doing this podcast live that a decent number of people still enjoy checking out, it seems like, every week. And uh, at this point, it's just more for the community side of things. Uh, you know, Division 2 isn't the game to push for partnership right now, and uh, maybe one day it will be. Uh, you know, Destiny does that for people today, and it definitely didn't when it came out. So we'll have to see if we make that kind of bounce back. But I also do plan on playing other games. Um, the two Tomb Raider games, the second and third one of the reboot, I want to play that. There's a bunch of games um, I want to play uh, while we're checking out Division 2 and so on and so forth. So there we go. To wrap it up here, if you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. I would super appreciate it. It helps me on there. I am on Twitch. If you're watching me live, you know that. If not... Uh, I do try to stream multiple times a week. I'm also on Twitter. They're both as Bond Diesel, uh, where you can find a bunch of other stuff I do and say, for better or worse, depending on your opinion. Uh, if you want to support the podcast or other content, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash the That's all I have. 
So until next time. Thank you.